so good. Ooh. What a day, what a day, what a day. Are you doing sound effects without me pressing the buttons, Adam? Yes, I am, Chico. Then I need a drum roll. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think today deserves a drum roll. <laughs> Craziness, yeah. huh? How are you doing? I am scattered. I'm like, <laughs> I'm also like trying to, some of the music that was sent to us, I'm realizing was sent in the wrong format. Um, this program doesn't play MP4s. So I'm I right now. Oh, okay. Sorry, no, there was MP3, so I'm right now uh, just catching up with that. Okay, or the I versions I had were MP4s want. or something. I don't know. So I see. Anyway, okay. we're back. I'm I'm all organized now. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that. So yes. of all days today, I decided to take a nap right around when things got heated. It's crazy. I did see, like, uh, I was reading Meredith's email about the announcement that for tonight that uh, she's, like, talking about the lecture, this and that. And then all of a sudden in my inbox, I saw, like, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, like, at least five emails from New York Times. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, I don't know why, but I was out, like, I was in a coma for an hour and a half or something, and then I woke up, and then I saw your text, and I'm like, I better check those, like, breaking yeah. news. Yeah, and Sharon <laughs> on the couch working. So I'm reading all this news about this uprising and all this crazy shit, and then it's, you know, an hour, half an hour, 45 minutes pass. She's on the sofa. She looks up to take a little break. I'm like, they're storming the Capitol. And they're <laughs> doing this and that. And she's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you haven't been reading the news. Um, I'll let you, oh I'll let you uh, explore the New York Times in your own time. I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> oh, well, I'm laughing, but it's definitely not funny. Oh, it is nuts. And I got... Yeah. So um, we're going to carry on. We'll keep we the conversation will. rolling. And sadly, Alberto and Michaela decided they're not going to join us tonight. They want to. I, I guess, you know, people want to deal with this in their own way. I feel like there's no better time for me to want to chat with friends and see what everybody else is doing than during times of total chaos. Yeah. Um, Same here. But I respect their decision. And. Uh, we will have a good show. We will have some DJs here talking about DJ stuff and give us a Henry. few moments to um, take a break from all the madness. And then we can, you know, that's all waiting for you after the show, everyone. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to take a break and feel like we're at a milonga mm -hmm. uh, for a couple hours. So um, you got cupped. I got cupped last night. Uh, I love, like, I think a year, year and a half ago when I went to physical therapy, 
or my uh, neck. I have this chronic thing and well, sometimes it gets inflamed really bad. And my physical therapist had tried cups on me and I was like, ooh, I never did that before. And I felt the difference right away, but I was in a really bad state at the time. And it really took away like the stabbing feeling I get with the nerve pinch and stuff. So <clears throat> I feel like I am inflamed, but I'm not feeling bad. But I remembered my neighbor does know how to do cupping and she has the cups. So I like messaged her the other day. I'm like, you want to cup me? And she was like, yes. <laughs> so we got together and I've got lots of red marks on my neck and around my back. Have you ever been cupped? Hell no. <laughs> I am not a cupper. It's so I'm not a rolfer. I'm not a cupper. <laughs> I don't even barely like massages. Well, this isn't anything like that because it just sits on you and it sucks the blood into that location. Um, I was talking to my dad about it and he said how they used to do it because this has its own little gun. So it's these cups that have a tip and I the gun pulls out the air out. But mm -hmm. in the past, they would used to heat the cups when they didn't have this sort of pump technology. And once the, you heat the inside, it takes the air out, like with cotton and fire. So, And then they put it on your back. And my dad was like, yeah, everybody used to do that when I was growing up. I'm like, really? Never really experienced it until like hmm. a year ago. And I'm a cupper. I like cups. I like being cupped. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's very popular. I see a lot of athletes do it and dancers and you know people in in our in our field and people that use their body a lot. I I suppose I would be willing to try it. I did try um what's it called um Oh my god. What is it when they put the needles Jesus Christ? Acupuncture. Stupid acupuncture. God. Duh. I didn't try it <laughs> for long needles. enough. <laughs> I didn't try it for long enough that I think it could have had an effect because I've heard like you need to do several sessions before it really starts to um show the yeah show. and I think it needs to be the same person treating because I've been to acupuncture school and every time I went I was treated by different people so it felt like a new treatment each time so I didn't feel the effect too much either mm -hmm. but yeah every time I went they were amazed though like once they like they look like there's a master and like three four students at the school because you go to the school because it's cheaper and then they like look at your eyes they ask you to open your mouth look at your tongue and every time they would see my tongue all of a sudden they would call all the students in because i have something called geographic tongue hmm please go on <laughs> It looks like a map. So they were it was just like imagine twenty people looking into your mouth and talking. So if we had to a one another. So if there was like a creepy. a weird sort of like movie with the rock playing like a um, treasure hunter and they had to find a map, you would uh -huh. be the you would be the target and they would cut your tongue out and use it to find the buried treasure, right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever seen like Waterworld? 
Dennis Hopper, he's got to find the, the the map and it on the girl's back, and then he wants to steal the girl so he can cut her back. Anyway, oh whatever. my god, I did not remember. I did watch that movie, <laughs> but I know on my tongue cut out that. Well, then stop talking about it, Pico. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy people in this country and in this world as we've witnessed today. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Guillermo's, Guillermo's listening. He might come after your tongue. <laughs> I know. No, I don't recommend it to anyone. It's not fun to have it. Guillermo's looking for the, the map to the end of the fuck. He's the leprechaun. He's looking for the map to the end of the fucking rainbow. He wants the gold. I'm the leprechaun. <laughs> How do you come up with this shit? What? How does your brain work? You know, I'm oh losing it too. I I tell you, Chico, I'm losing it. I I used to uh I used to be like firing on all cylinders in normal times, and every every night would be out schmoozing. And now, uh oh, and now I'm like oh, no. I'm low. Dan Dan Bosha, um, are you in a um? About you? Spaceship or something? <laughs> a spaceship ready to take off from this country? No, I'm just sitting on Maui oh, looking go. from afar. Oh, it's a little more quiet now. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> it felt like you were getting ready to take <laughs> off. <laughs> well, welcome. Yeah, there was some, uh, there was some Thank you. noise, but it's better now, thank God. Uh, welcome. Welcome to take thank you. the takeout, Red Fox. <laughs> Brad Fox. Good, good show. Are you um? So you rigged up a uh, a system here to talk to us. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. It's just I I hate earbuds, so I just bought a microphone so I can use normal headphones and the microphone. And oh, okay, that's not that complex. Okay. So no, you're complex, no big deal. But we're actually hearing weird sounds. Your microphone must be very hmm. powerful. Yes, might be. I will detune it if I can then. Okay. So Every you're lucky. Then, we you're hear lucky. something like. Well, that's because Very the mysterious. wind's blowing 25 mm. miles an hour through the house. There's no insulation in the houses. Wow. Mm. So how is Maui? So, you're very lucky to be in Maui, I think. How is it there? <laughs> Um, Maui is kind of relaxed because there's hardly any tourists and there's not a whole lot of virus. And so life is probably a little bit more normal here than anywhere else. Okay. Um, so that's, that part is really nice. That's good. good. And are you yeah. swimming a lot? I... Um, I surf on a paddleboard a lot. Wow, that's great. full body, full body wetsuit. No, no need. Warm. Uh, well, I, I know because just so... well, just because you're a ginger like me, I figured you might have to hide from the sun a little bit. Uh, I do. I wear tights and a long sleeve shirt, and okay. that's great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, other than that, uh, just. We lost you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The point. He was getting to such a scintillating point, too. Other than that, <laughs> what? What? Go on. It was on. like, oh, Other nice pause, like pulling us into the conversation. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, you're my back. God. Other than Am I back? on my surfboard. You are back. Tight. 
but I have a feeling you're gonna want okay. to wear some earbuds soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I just got to I just got to quit screwing around with all the settings. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I see. DJ, DJ, he's a DJ man. He's gotta, he's gotta keep tweaking, tweaking things. Yeah, I just said not tweak stuff. So, so some of our listeners know who you are, but I'm, I'm assuming since you're based out of Alaska and you don't get into the mainland quite so often anymore, uh, we're here with Dan Bosha, who's been a long time DJ, and you were made famous to me by Shori because of your way of turning in tango. She was a big fan of how you turn, and I'm assuming a lot of <laughs> Ladies, you dance with gave you that feedback. I don't know if you heard that before. Uh, it's the first time I heard of that. Really? <laughs> well, I, I got to call Shori and figure out what this is all about. Yeah, I just remember, like, she used to spend a lot of time in New York in our early days, and, you know, she would point out certain people that she knew, and, oh, so-and-so is this, he's, he's known for this, or he's known for that, and... You know, Felipe was the embrace, and then it was like, oh, who's the tall redhead? Oh, that's Dan from Alaska. Oh, he turns, man. You know, he's he's the man to turn with. And I was like, okay. Oh, my. Okay, I'll have to do some research here. I don't think you do win that much turns with me, man. I I think I danced with you, Chico, when the floor was wide open. Uh, we were actually last maybe dancing in Portland, Maine. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, that could be. Yeah, and but we were also dancing not that much turning material music. We were dancing to really <laughs> rhythmical <laughs> and possibly milonga, tanda. Uh, well, Dan, I don't know if you remember uh, the last time I saw you was in um, March. The uh, what's that one in DC called Marathon Z? Mar- it was it Z? Yeah, that that's and, and, that could be. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we were dancing on the same floor, and I think you were behind me. And at the end of the tanda, you just walked over and you said, "I'll dance behind you any day, sir," or something to that effect. And I was like, yes. "Oh, that's cool." Yes, yes, or you were yes. in front of me, or on yes. one, one side or the other, and you were just you made it. And I appreciate that because I take a lot of, I pay attention a lot to how other you know dance couples use the space and respect the couples, and I and I've worked on that my whole you know, journey. Um, so for you to take notice was like, oh, that's cool. He paid attention to that stuff too. Oh, totally. That's a big deal to me. So yeah, cool. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I said something and I'm glad you're paying attention. That's lovely. <laughs> oh yeah. It's those Hi, little Kim things. Hey, Kim and Avik, it's those little things that, you know, we as teachers need to promote more to our community that they go unnoticed, um, in the bigger context, but they're very much noticed on the dance floor. Like these little details are yes. extremely important that I'm sure Avik and yes. Kim can also speak to as well. Hey guys. Hey, welcome. How have you been? Welcome, welcome. Good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, momentarily at ease. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking like the news on and off all day and and now I'm just in another zone, so that's really nice. How about you? Yeah. It's stressful. It's sad. Yeah. Avik, are you there? I am here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the quiet background. 
Well, wonderful. So, who else does uh, surfing? Do you guys do surfing? Like well, there's some major surfing in here? Ann Arbor. I heard. I heard major <laughs> surfing happening. Actually, I learned. I learned. I took one lesson surfing, and it was on the. I think the North Shore of Maui. Oh really? Uh, oh boy! It was. It was pretty terrible because one, I just. I don't know. I could. I could not catch a wave to save my life there, but. You know, like when they first give you a lesson, they tell you to uh, to get a shirt. And uh -huh. unlike unlike uh, Adam and Dan, I'm not a ginger, so I was like, I don't need a fucking shirt. You know? <laughs> 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 uh, and 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 then like you know, so I, I went out there and like didn't catch a single wave for like whatever a couple hours. But you know, you have to, oh, no. to keep going back and forth, like in and out, and like so I. But did all that and then it was still fun though i enjoyed just being out in the water and then the next morning i woke up with like the worst pain in my nipples that i ever felt in my <laughs> oh, <shit>. yep <laughs> yep so i didn't realize that the shirt was for protecting you from nipple rash oh <laughs> that's right so yeah. next time, oh, all of you who are going to take lessons out there. <laughs> oh, oh my boy. God, I just have an image now. Great. <laughs> uh, how long have you been surfing, Dan? Well, he said just the one lesson. Um, no, no, oh, you? No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said then at the end of that sentence. How long have you been surfing then? My my bad. Yeah, you're. Bad. Is this me? That's yes, you. Then. Probably six years, but that doesn't really say much because it's only about three months a year. Hmm. So how'd you end up in Maui? Because you actually oh, that's in Alaska, a... right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in two thousand six, Maui had their first Tango Festival, and. Uh -huh. Does anybody here uh, remember Suba from Portland yeah. years or years ago? That name sounds so familiar. Yeah. So Suba was living on Maui, and she told the organizer, "I will help, but you have to hire Dan Bosha to be the DJ." <laughs> ah, awesome. So that's how it started, and I've been here, I think, every winter ever since, mostly for tango, and then ended up dating a uh, Jody, who some of you met for. I don't know, five years or so, and Jody was born and raised here, and I still stay on the family property and help them out, and it's super cool. That's nice. Yeah. And you get to avoid the winter in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still like Alaska, and I like winter, but I love to grow my own food, and fall time in Alaska, because of climate change, has kind of turned pretty snotty, so... Um, rather just skip that and come back later in the winter. I, see. I feel like I know a lot of people in Alaska that are either like they spend part of their year in Alaska, part of their year in Maui and like part of their year in Mexico or something. It seems kind of like a, a norm. Is that, There's, is that incorrect or is that sort of like a thing? It, it's a thing. People, um, some people like to get out because of the darkness. Um, some people because the cold, some people have seasonal jobs that only happen in the summer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing. Okay. So, Dan, so, you're, you're like a, a seasonal climate refugee. Yeah, I'm a climate <laughs> refugee. That's right. 
Uh, yeah, well, I feel kind of stupid because. <laughs> oh well, Michigan is you know it's actually not too bad. I'm used to the snow too, <laughs> not like Alaska. But, uh, yeah, I guess, but still way too cold for me. <laughs> Uh, Vic was supposed to be in Alaska helping me catch shrimp this summer. I know. I was Lieutenant Dan, was Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, actually, when you first called in, Dan, I thought like that, that buzzing that I was hearing, I was like, oh, maybe he's on his boat or something. But then I realized, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. So That's a totally like disconnected experience. <laughs> I still feel like one of you guys are moving is moving around too much and there's lots of background noise guys. <clears throat> Just putting it out there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hearing that too. So I don't think it's me. Whoever smelled it felt it. And now Kim is making bird sounds. Bird. That's what I <laughs> okay, Kim, we're going to pay attention to you now. <laughs> you can stop tweeting, but not, in, not, not like Donald Trump style tweeting. Um, so we have we have a nice like um, sort of chronology of DJs here. We have, you know, Dan started, I think, first, then Avik, then us, then Kim. So we'd like to start with... The newest, I would like to start with Kim and ask her how she got. So a lot of people who don't DJ wonder, where do you find the music? How do you attain the music? And how do you learn about you know, what it's like to be a DJ? So I'd like to hear from your perspective coming later on with probably a lot more access to this information and then working our way backwards to Dan, who, who had um, probably not as much uh, access, especially being in Alaska and Maui. And it sounds like he's now currently in a rainforest somewhere. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, something's going on. I'm dying here. <laughs> the birds in Maui are just getting Bird. on right now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go close some windows. Hang on. I'll be back. <laughs> so, uh, what got you into DJing, Kim, and uh, how did you um, access your information? Uh, I, I do feel very lucky because I feel that um, I, I can go online and find just about anything. And actually, like my first uh, music collection was just kind of given to me by a friend. And so I was able to have like this huge catalog of music to sort through. Um, and that's kind of, well, that's kind of how I got to the music. But how I started was when I started tango, just dancing in tango, I was really, really passionate about the music and really interested in the music. So the teachers that I took lessons from from class would tell me, I mean, I would ask them like, oh, like, who is, who is this orchestra? How many orchestras are out there? And these kind of questions. So they, they mm -hmm. provided me with the information. And then um, when I moved back to New York and I was dancing more, I was kind of going to some milongas and, you know, enjoying it, but also thinking like, oh man, like I have these like favorite songs I would like, I would love to dance to, how come they're not playing it? Um, mm -hmm. And so I think slowly I kind of was like, oh, maybe I can play some music. And then, you know, my friend had given me a, a huge collection of music and then there was this opportunity to play 
and I found that like I really enjoyed it. Um, and in terms of like getting the information of how to DJ, I took um, I was in Chicago before, and they had the Chicago Tango Festival for about ten years, and they would invite Horacio every year to come teach and um, give tango lectures. So I actually took like a few of his DJ seminars there. So that was kind of like a sort of crash course on how to DJ. Um, yeah. And you know, I still I still am listening to him and like on his thoughts of DJing. And then there's um, another teacher in Chicago, Ernan Preto, and mm-hmm. he also does um, DJ seminars as well. So I had one from him. And then when I got to New York, I was just kind of like talking to people a little bit and see how they were DJing. Um, and it just, it was amazing to me, like the varieties of personal styles that people approach DJing from what I've heard from Horacio, like how different it was. Um, yeah. and then just kind of like navigating that and just trying to kind of find my own style through it. Um, and then just, and then I guess having opportunities from you guys and other organizers in New York city to start playing music and practicing to DJ and sort of kind of like find finding my way through sometimes even though there's like so much information it also can feel like um, like you don't know where to go to look for information of how to DJ uh, and know like where the, the real source is um, so that's well, a little bit DJing yeah. is one of those things that you can't learn unless you're I mean you can learn a lot about it but until you're in a milonga DJing, you're never gonna learn how the, how it, what it's like. How the, it's like being a stand-up comic or, or something. Like you could have you could be funny, but until you're in front of an audience telling jokes, you have no idea what the response is gonna be. Um, yeah, and so, it's very intimidating <laughs> at yeah. first. Like the first yeah. few times, I was like really really nervous. Um, well, you actually went through some DJ seminars, which is great. Like, uh, I'm wondering if during the time that a weekend Dan got into it, if there was any such information out there. I feel people were passing on info to students or friends that they wanted them to get into DJing, but there weren't so much seminars or stuff. Was yeah, there? I think it a was. Weekend Dan? For me, it was more word of mouth than learning from uh, learning from doing and learning from other DJs who were doing at the same time. Hmm. Um, I think I learned a lot from my trips to Buenos Aires in the early days, where I just kind of went to a lot of milongas and uh, experienced what the musical tastes in Buenos Aires were, and mm-hmm. those were fairly different from what. I was experiencing in Ann Arbor at the time. So I, I remember I went down and, um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting his name. It's like Mario Orlando. Uh, he, mm-hmm. uh, he was sort of, um, he was selling CDs at the time. And so he would sell these CDs with uh, Tandas pre-built. So I remember buying some of those. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak much Spanish, so it's kind of hard to go and talk to him, but I somehow managed. And I spent a lot of hours in, uh, Zivals, which yeah. is a record store mm-hmm. uh, uh, that you know, <laughs> they had these. Uh, it's like those old record stores where you could actually listen to the music before you buy it. So 
So I would just sit in there and put on headphones and listen to all their CDs and then, you know, buy, come back with a suitcase. So. Well, I think you were on the show back in, God, it was episode 25 or 35? I don't it know. Was it was in a little while ago. And, when I was in Turkey. And uh, we talked a little bit about this, and I, um, you mentioned how I meant, I, I might have told you, like, you were the one who told me, like, you should pre make tandas just to have this grab bag of things to go to in a pinch. You, you probably oh, really? worded it a lot differently. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I asked you, because when I was, after I'd been DJing for a little while, I finally just started asking other DJs, like, at festivals and marathons and wherever. I was just like, what do you do? How do you do it? You know, because I, I had my own thing going, but, but, um, Anyway, I was just curious, like of course, and and I felt at that point I'd reached a place where I was comfortable enough as a DJ to, to ask other DJs, like, what's what are they doing? It wasn't just like I'm a brand new DJ and I just go around and ask all the DJs to to give me their their tricks. <laughs> and you were like, well, I have a folder, I have folders of music that I have preset tandas in, and so if I, you know, if I'm busy or if and I or and I, it might have been you who else, you know, another person might have said, well, I've organized things like more rhythmically, more melodically, more like by this mood or that mood. Um, but you did say like, I have these things pre-made uh, to an extent and um, and I can always have that to, to, to have as a resource. Sorry. And I'm looking yeah. at all these questions I just wrote down. I want to ask each one of you guys. So I'm getting distracted. I'm distracting myself. Mm -hmm. My brain has been like all over the place today. Um, yeah, I think that was a that was a good place to start uh, for me is to kind of just try to put together some tandas. You got to start somewhere. But I yeah. think ultimately mm -hmm. I kind of fell on grouping a whole bunch of songs together that I thought fit well, and then it it gave me some sense of oh okay these things go together, but I can also have the flexibility to uh, mix and match so it doesn't always sound the same. Right, right. I'm curious. Uh, I was going to call you Red Fox. Curious, Red and Kim, um, how you guys access your collection and, and what, what helps you shape your evening in terms of how you choose the music. And don't let's not skip also how Red started DJing because we were on that question as well. Red, huh? Red. Your fault. What happened to <laughs> Red <fault>. Fox? <laughs> Maybe it's, we'll call you Fox sometimes, sometimes Red, sometimes Dan, but only three letters. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that's what it is. You're being, uh, you're being efficient. We can okay. call you Fan or Ran or. We have a week. Around. <laughs> a week is almost three letters. <laughs> oh my gosh! You call me, call him Vic. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's terrible. Uh, so yeah, what's the question? I've heard about five questions in the last part, minute. Let's do a two-part question. One is, how did you get rolling in DJing? How did you get started? And and do you have a sort of system that you go to to organize your music choices? Okay. So I first started DJing in college when I was probably 19 so that was more than 30 years ago you guys wow. <laughs> um and i would dj at these college dances um with 45s of the latest top 40 pop music huh. and stick them on a turntable and put speakers all over a tennis court and have these outdoor dances it was it was crazy it was kind of a 
a big central Washington outdoor dance scene. So um, that was my introduction to DJing. And, you know, so when I started tango, I had already DJed for West Coast swing dances, Cajun dances, Zydeco dances, um, kind of all kinds of different dances. So, so what was it like what I, was it like for you to DJ your first tango event where nobody seemed to be having any fun compared to all those <laughs> other places? <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> um actually that's a pretty funny question because it was at an outdoor milonga in Portland that wasn't really ever an official milonga, but I remember Susanna Miller was in town and it was out in Vancouver, Washington, too. So it was on a Thursday night, and I'm just like, nobody's showing up to this thing. And lo and behold, Alex and Robert Hawk and Susanna and all the hot shots from Portland showed up. And I had a whole bunch of people in front of me that I didn't even know at the time. And they stayed until after midnight on a weeknight and just gave me all kinds of kudos. And so my first, I don't know, I guess my first, my first gig came off to a roaring success despite not having much experience with DJing tango. So that was interesting. Did you, did you model your, sorry, Chico, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to ask. Like, uh, did you pre plan the playlist or did you, have well, I was going to say, went, like, did you model it on something that was given to you or like, I'm sorry. Oh, I yeah. Don't... No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's where I was going. Like, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this was before anybody was using a computer to DJ with. Um, and I came to Portland with a huge case full of the original CDs, all the religious and whatever. And I had some note tags on it with possible tondas and a programmable CD player. Oh my and God. it was pretty freaking busy. Um, I don't even remember if I had, I must have had two CD players. Um, and I don't remember how I did my Cortinas. Um, <laughs> had like a little I, triangle I must have had a two tantrum. I must have, yeah, I must have had a couple of, I must have had two CD players going. And I would get the Cortina going, and I would look out at all these people that I didn't even really know yet and go, well, all right, let's try this next. And I would quick throw a CD in, program it, and hit play, turn the other CD player off, and off we'd be going to the next uh, um, the next Honda. Wow. So, did, did you have to go through a CD experience? Because... I'm guessing Kim didn't. I didn't, but I know Adam had some. Briefly. Um, briefly. Yes, I, I did. Yeah, my first. I mean, like I said, I bought CDs from Zagals and from Mark mm, Orlando. And like, that was right. Uh, but I think I moved pretty quickly. I'd say in my first year, I moved from that to uh, ripping those CDs onto my computer. I see. Well, I want to. Mm -hmm. I'll show you. I'll tell you guys my my brief first night DJing, just real quick. <laughs> this is I get I get a I get a call from I get a call from Mariana Galassi, the DJ at Dance Sport one night, and I'm super psyched, oh, you know, of course. And I and I had a computer full of music that I got from Robin Thomas. I burned all of his CDs, and I had a computer. And I go to Dance Sport, and I show up, and apparently, 
they had called the wrong person. I guess I wasn't the person she thought she was calling. But <laughs> anyway, I'm there and I have the music and I go to the sound station and they don't have a, a connection for a computer. They have a CD player only. So I run out like 20. Luckily, I'm always early for these kind of gigs. So I run out in the rain and I find a radio shack and I buy a stack of CDs and I run back in and I'm burning, oh, no. I'm burning Tondas. As I go, and I can only burn, I only had time to burn one Tonda per CD because by it took so fucking long oh to burn. Oh my God. It took so long just to burn. <laughs> oh, no. I was doing three song Tondas with a Cortina. It took so long to burn just three, four songs. By the time it finished, the Tonda would just have ended. Otherwise, I would have burned like a full CD, of course. So I'm just oh, burning through CDs. I'm watching this like pile of CDs that I bought just slowly go down and down and down, hoping that I'm going to have enough CDs oh, to give me through the fucking evening. <laughs> oh, and it Adam. starts such a great boost, like, oh, it's oh. you. It's not and, the well, DJ we but, thought we were but, getting. But to Dan's point, at the end of the night, everybody said, like, that was great wonderful job nobody had any idea of the stress i was going through and um, right right and so that gave me a boost of confidence i was like holy shit i pulled that off and and so i was like i guess i'm worth i guess i'm worth that 35 dollars whatever shit they did at DJ. right I, uh, I i have a stack of uh burnable cds that i've been trying to get rid of for 10 years so oh yeah them, you know we can replace right he could use a few <laughs> my next gig man oh. Oh. so i have a, i have just a quick a quick little story um berkeley has always had an all night milonga right mm-hmm. you guys i think i've seen adam and chica you guys were there one time when i was there um, so Alex used to DJ that Alex Krebs mm-hmm. and I remember in like early 2001, he shows up with four burned CDs in his coat pocket. That's it. <laughs> he throws the first CD in, pushes play, grabs whoever and starts dancing and he DJs for seven and a half hours off of these, whatever stack of two, four or five, six CDs. And then at the end of the night, he sticks these four little CDs in his pocket and, you know, tells Felipe and Ayano good night and takes off. And I'm just like, what? I carry a whole suitcase full of CDs around this. So I got to change my game here. He, he had his priorities. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's totally. shit right there. That's like he's got his beret, it is, it was. his beret off to the side. He's like, yo, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And he wanted so that I'm trying to emulate that. Yeah, I was trying to emulate that. And I looked at my computer and I was like, wait, it's all sitting right here on my computer. Why? You know, I'm just going to plug this computer in. So I fussed around and I got sound to come out of my computer. I was all excited. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get Alex next time. I'm going to show up with my computer and no CDs. So that was kind of a funny little story, you know. <laughs> what was the first app you guys used for DJing or program? Oh, app now God. Music Match. Yeah, yeah Winamp and Music Match. Oh, God. Yeah. Winamp was such a shit. I remember <laughs> <It> Music was. Match. <laughs> 
chemo. I wouldn't be surprised if Ramu still uses Winamp. (laughs) What are these things you guys are talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, these are these are the programs, like like. No, no, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've always used I've always used iTunes. And um, I, I, I mean, I know that there are DJs who use more advanced software, but then I look at like the DJs that I really like and what they use and they just stick to iTunes. So I think, you know, simple is better. So that's why I use, there are some difficulties, but I think um, that works for me. I've always been using it. Yeah, yeah I'm I, sticking I with that too. How about you guys, Dan and Avik, what do you use these days? Yeah, I'm a iTunes. Well, actually, I just switched to this uh, software called Embrace, which works on top oh, of Oh, yeah, iTunes. I love that. Yeah. What is it called? And, uh, Embrace. It's okay. uh, it's this, like, specialized software that this uh, tango dancer developed, and it prevents screw-ups. So, like, you know, it won't you won't pause things by mistake or, like, quit out mm. of it. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, and I did that because I had an another Mac that just, I don't know if you've noticed, but like probably over the last three, four years, like the endings of songs seem to have a little glitch. Right. Oh I'm sick yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like that's a, that's an iTunes glitch. And so mm. that I just could, I thought I solved it and I didn't. So then I just switched to Embrace. And, and, I and you know, what's nice about Embrace is I think his name is, what's his name? Uh, I forget yeah. the gentleman's name who runs it, but yeah. you can like he's constantly updating it, and you can write yeah. to him and be yeah. like, "Hey, you know, da 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 da," and he'll write to you like within a day or two, like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I'll check on that." It's like, wow. And then he'll like he'll like put out a beta version and mm-hmm. fix your problem. It's amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's it's cool. Like That's twenty great. bucks. Yeah, it's it's extremely That's useful. Cool. It's it's like twenty bucks for the uh, for the app, and then it, it or yeah, and then it constantly gets updated. It's super awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I did find here's one downside to uh, to embrace the the I was DJing in several festivals and with iTunes and with your computer you can turn up a lot more. If so, let's say you're playing through a system that only goes up to like seven instead of eleven, um, so you need to use your computer or cuts off the volume at a certain point. So it doesn't ever get loud. If you have a, if you're at a big venue, uh, it will not be loud enough. I've found it's not. It cannot be loud enough in certain venues. Mm. Yeah, I've had mm. that problem too. And I bought because of that. I bought a Dragonfly. Okay, it's like one of those USB uh, sound card DAC digital audio converters. Okay. and I find that that has a pretty strong. Okay, output, cool. That's good so. to know. And so that's yeah. the problem. So I'm going to wean away from more technical stuff and go into <laughs> Do you guys have a specific tanda that you like starting the night with? Or like certain orchestras are your to-go to start tandas? Mm, I think for me, oftentimes I might start with like a Donato tanda because it's light and cherry and like very danceable. Um, yeah, or like a Rodriguez or something like that. Mm-hmm. Next. And it's easy. Next. <laughs> oh, is this like a lightning round? Well, I mean, yeah, my faster. answer to all of these <laughs> questions is it depends. It depends how many people there are there, who's there. 
Okay. Uh, so I don't have a great answer. But I mean, often it's in that sort of Donato, Panaro stuff that I, it's not that simple because a lot of times people who show up at the beginning, some warm up. I want to make it beginner friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it just, yeah. it depends. I mean, I sometimes and I start with Pulese. You know, if I'm doing a late. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I was gonna say I what? I was like, damn. At the beginning. <laughs> that this guy throws down right away. <laughs> well, I also feel like the beginner, besides like being more beginner heavy, it's also people arrive just arriving. They may not have the usual friends that they like dancing with or warming up with. So, exactly. the simpler it is, the easier I feel people will like feel comfortable to ask people they don't know i don't know if you guys feel that way well that's too. a very complicated I, I that's a very complicated question because most people if you saw if you show up at a festival milonga it starts at 7 p.m and you show up at 7 p.m i'm telling you you're not one of the people that gives a fuck who you dance with <laughs> and you don't care what the music is either <laughs> i don't know about that I've been uh, turning into one of those people who likes to be there pretty early. I get there, yeah. I get there pretty early, but I'm saying the crowd you're DJing for is not that crowd yet. Sorry. You might be that exception. I'm part of the crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. So Red Fox, how about you? How do you start the night? Uh, I mean, I'm with the Veek. I need more context, but I, I will say, I mean... Unless it's one of these deals where, like, Lompis was just in front of me for seven hours, and then at SFTM, it's all of a sudden you're up. Well, you have to deal with what he's been doing. But if it's one of these deals where you're really starting the night, uh -huh. I would say uh, I'm just trying to think if there's any sort of pattern. And I would say I definitely like playing something that has a familiar singer that is – at least has a potential of being universally liked um, because people come in, they're putting their shoes on, they're chatting, and then they might, they might start kind of humming that melody or something. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure if that flies. It's, there's too many variables. Well, I, I have a simple answer. In my, in my view, it's a simple answer. I used to have all these, basically at this point when I, if I, I love, I used to love being the late night DJ because I was like, oh, I'm going to keep the party going all night and blah, 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 blah. But now I'm kind of old and I don't really want to be there that late. So I <laughs> love being the first DJ. And I, in my, my, my attitude has become over the years, start playing as if it's midnight. And I don't mean play Pugliese necessarily, but like when I start, it's immediately like it's fucking Darienzo, it's Donato maybe. But it's it's never gonna be like oh it's early there's nobody here yet I'm gonna throw this out there because nobody's here yet there's so much good music that you don't I don't think you need to waste a tanda even if even yeah, if it's slow right. even if it's empty even if it's early and you know it's a twelve hour event I think I've you, we've all DJed enough to know like you can come in six eight hours into a shift and look at their playlist and be like wow I don't play any of that music and that all of that music is good. And I find that to be super fascinating right. after DJing for 15 or maybe 14 years, like that I can still have those moments where I'll look at a playlist of a DJ I really love and respect and be like, I would never think to play any of that music, but it's awesome music. Why don't I ever play it? 
All right. So that's my philosophy. It's like go right in there with like as yeah. if it's like the main main event, you know. Well, I tend to start with Agostino often. I don't know why, or like Canaro, but Darianne's I I play really early on, but never want to play it the first tanda because I want more people dancing to it. Ah, uh, but there'll be but, more Darianne's of like, And to me, like, the guy, yeah, definitely, I play more of it through the night. But the D'Agostino that I play sometimes, some of the DJs that I really respect and love their music, they play it around midnight or 1 or 2 a.m. And I'm like, wow, this feels great at this time, too. But it would never cross my mind mm. to play D'Agostino at that hour. I don't know why. Mm. I don't. Even, and uh, I've kind of gone the other way. I, I've kind reason. of gone the other way, Chico, on that one. I, I would I would have not gone to D'Agostino Vargas at that certain time, but I think it kind of grounds people again. It's it's such a simple, very easy to dance to. The phrasing and everything about it is so um, predictable. And it's nice singing. Like I, uh, yeah. Anyway, until I experience it as a dancer, I'm like always reminded. I'm like, I don't know why I never. Well, that reminds me. I have a question I have for all you guys and gals. Um, are you a dancing DJ? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I dance and I. Well, DJ. But you dance while you DJ. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Uh, sometimes it depends. Uh, it depends. How you guys are it depends. It depends. So what's well, the wait, I want to hear what you has to feel say you quick. can't dance? Yeah. I'm silent because um, it, it's a area of conflict for me. Um, I would say that I try to dance, but I'm so focused at looking on the floor that like I don't fully let myself go dancing while I'm DJing that night. Mm -hmm. So it's less enjoyable, mm -hmm. but I think I dance probably like 10% of the night. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I have to dance to get an idea of what the room feels like and and what's going on. And, 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 and yeah, I just don't want to separate myself from that. I feel like it's hard to gauge what's what's going on in the room if you're sitting outside of it, you know? Yeah, I think maybe if I'm, I'm DJing like 10 more years, I'll be dancing mm -hmm. <laughs> more. <laughs> How, what about, what are the variables for a weekend dance? Uh, for me, it's kind of like how accessible the floor is, partly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they put DJs Definitely. on stages, which I think That's is true. sort of silly. Um, I'd much rather be on the floor. Uh, Imagine so you're wearing the, heels to go down the stage too. Right, right. Well, I mean, like <laughs> in Portland, for example, that's one place that's like always a stage, and I've jumped up and down that that stage so many times. And <laughs> still oh, haven't yeah. fallen, but I'm still waiting for that moment. Um, <laughs> uh, um, or like uh, in Montreal, like that was another one. It's like this really big, beautiful room, but. Uh, like, it, it's just very inaccessible. Mm -hmm. um, frankly, like sometimes I'll go to a festival and maybe I'll be uh, frustrated that I didn't get to dance to the music that I like to dance to. And mm -hmm. I'm DJing and it's like, oh, it's music that I like. I want to dance to that too. <laughs> so in those cases, maybe I'm like a little bit more motivated to dance. Um, mm -hmm. But I do agree with Adam that like, 
I get a feel for the floor a little bit better if I'm out there with Same everyone else. And it also, I think, like reinforces my selection for the next thing coming and stuff like that too. I don't know if you guys feel that. Red? Yeah, that's, this is an interesting one. Most of the time, I mean, if I'm in Anchorage in my own community, I dance all the time because there's so few people and it's, it's just a small scene. There's no stress. Um, so the level of expectation from the DJ is probably my biggest variable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm at one of these bigger festivals or marathons, um, most of the time, the way that I DJ is I, I just spend so much time observing the crowd and I can't observe the crowd if I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've recently learned how, how much I rely on that way more than I ever realized, even though I thought that was a big deal Can for I ask me. You what is um, it you're observing? How much time do you have? <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's hard to be succinct. It's like, uh, and the words are all cliche. It's like, I'll just give you one example. Um, uh, the Seattle Tango Magic Festival, um, I was DJing the outdoor milonga. That's the theme of these outdoor milongas tonight for some reason. Um, and, you know, there was 300 people there. It was right at the moment when it was turning from daylight to dark. And everybody was dancing their brains out. Julio and Karina were there. All the instructors were dancing Alec, I mean, everybody was just dancing, and it was going really well. And I literally felt like there was a wind of energy blowing off of the floor, and it was blowing my hair back. And somebody was sitting next to me, and they said, what are you going to play next? And I said, I have no idea. And she goes, isn't this the last song? And I said, yeah, I've got 20 seconds. And I was just feeling, and this like this wind came, And I was like, oh, well, clearly I need to play such and such. And I said, watch this. And I quick put a set together. The the cortina cuts off, put the next song on, and everybody starts busting out an applause and runs to the floor and starts dancing as soon as they could. So, I mean, all of us experience this kind of thing once in a while, but, and it's just, it's hard to talk about. I have no idea. It's more intuitive than scientific or artistic. No, I absolutely or see what you mean. I abs- and I absolutely f- agree and have, have been, we- have, and I think all of us can agree. I'm sorry I jumped on this first, guys, because um, I, I just got goosebumps because I, re- I remember those moments when you're watching and you're <laughs> feeling it and you play the next Tanda and everybody, you know, has a reaction, even palpable, like they clap or something, and you're like, wow like i nailed that and and Mm -hmm. definitely if you're you know i don't mean to sound like i dj for myself and i dance the whole night but i feel like there's a certain amount of information you get by being on the floor as well as not being on the floor for sure and i used to feel i used to get shamed into i mean i used to dance when i was a newer dj and you don't have as much leeway to get away with shit you know that everybody's a critic and nobody respects you like i would get so much shit if i was dancing from these old assholes be like 
how how are you dancing uh, right now? And I'm like, I'm getting paid fifty bucks, fucker. Like, shut the shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you know, there's still this like to me. There's still this like other reality to all this. Is like I'm here for myself too, assholes. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm getting paid all this money to to spend eight hours. You know, at four dollars and fifty cents an hour to to break my back for you guys. Like I need to enjoy this too. Um, but anyway, like there's there's some information you get from being out there, and then yeah, absolutely. Like when you're behind the booth or wherever you are DJing, and you, you get that, you're like, I don't know yet, and then it hits you right. At the, Chico, you're really good at this. Like, you tend to be like, you'll grab me and be like, I have these three options, and I already know like the music. You're like, come listen. I'm either gonna play this, this, or that, and I'm like, I don't need to listen. Um, and I don't want to tell you. Just pick one, and you you you're really good at like DJing on the fly. Yeah. Ah, thank you. But I, I mean, I feel I have much less experience than you guys. But you have. But I do understand. Like I do need to watch the floor. Like it's a mix for me to be out there and to be watching because I've seen moments uh, where I needed to really change what I had planned because mm -hmm. I saw that the crowd got so much more energized than I anticipated with what I played. Maybe the two. Right. Tandas, that I remember playing once the Sarli Maciel, like around 10.30 p.m. at Tango Cafe, which starts at 9.30 p.m. Because I needed to chill them down. Well, like, and it still felt like they were, the crowd was just about moving and not about feeling. Somebody once said to me, uh, sorry to interrupt Chico really quick. Somebody once said to me, I, cause I've always been fascinated by people's experience when they say I read the room. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't understand you know, what that means. And th this woman said, well, when I'm DJing, sometimes I'll squint my eyes and I'll look at the room in a blur. And if they're either moving slower or faster than the music, I know which way to go next. And I thought that's really wild. Mm -hmm. It's to me. It's more like realizing if it is chaotic yeah. and not unified, and that it doesn't relate to. The, I don't know. It just feels out of control sometimes, and you can only like. It's hard to describe. <laughs> and then sometimes it's at this tranquil place where I don't want to disturb that by changing the mood. For me, like. Compared to other DJs, when I talk to them, I realize I like to keep the same mood longer. Hmm. Um, how about you? How about like some DJs change? Yeah, that's where I want to build this. Oh. Like some DJs like changing the feel. There's two parts to this question. Do you guys always follow the format Tango Tango Walls Tango Tango Milonga? And in the two tango set, do you? build towards the same idea or do you sometimes change very drastically between the two tandas curious it depends is coming i know <laughs> <laughs> come on avik <laughs> oh man um, well just to offer a non it depends answer uh, I, I've tended to like variety more these days. I often like make the comparison to like a, a symphony, which has several movements, and each movement actually is different. So even so, so that analogy applies to 
like a single tanda. Because most of the time when I started, I was always like, the tanda should be more or less uniform in sound and, and orchestra. And obviously, I, I, I do that still. Um, but the quality or the type of music that, let's say, Darienzo has can vary quite a bit. And so in a single tanda, you can have a little bit of a journey where the middle parts of the tanda are a little bit different. From Bravo! <laughs> for example. Uh, but then I think variety across tandas is also interesting, right? I mean, uh -huh. we, you know, I've heard stories about people like uh, Dancing Tango in, in the days when you just went and you listened to a single live orchestra the whole night, right? So you were either yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Or dance dancer, whatever. And that's, but that's not what we have become accustomed to. Mm. I think we're used to the variety. And I personally, as a dancer, I'd like it. Uh, and I think other people like it too. So I, I play with that variable. But yeah. to end to end my comment, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kim? Um, yeah, I agree with Vic in the variation part. I think that um, I do play like more rhythmic and then more melodic like one after the other just even for like dancers who appeal more to one or other to have a chance to dance like every other tanda for example mm -hmm. where like if i'm dancing a, a, a tanda like as a dancer i wouldn't want to dance like two tandas or three tandas straight that felt the same mm -hmm. um so yeah some variety but it's more of like a wave, you know, like up and downs, but not super dramatic. Well, it's never, it's, I mean, when I meant also like, yeah, I didn't mean same energy, but it builds for the same idea. So if it is something emotional, uh, you're staying at that and not changing the emotion level to something happy or not. But it seems like you, it's a variable that you guys play with. Yeah, and I think like the tank. Well, I always I always follow the tank tango tango vowels tango tango milonga structure because that's just how I was learned. I didn't even think that you can do otherwise, um, unless you're like you know Horacio, you can just do anything. But um, then like there's a difference of how I approach a vowels or how I approach a milonga. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about you, Dan? So your first question was the perennial, uh, do you stick with a certain tango, tango, set and such structure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get this question a lot, and I never, ever think of that. So it always strikes me as, as one of those questions where I, I just – almost don't even know how to answer because when I'm DJing, I'm not thinking about that at all. Mm -hmm. um, believe, believe it or not. Um, no, I believe so you when because I've gone it's through... also you've been DJing for so much longer. You're coming from a different, like Kim said, when we, her and I started, there was such a structure of that. That was like the first thing that was given almost, I feel like. So, sorry, didn't mean to cut off. Continue, no, no, please. no, that's, that's good. Um, I also, I guess I never 
had the early, my early inspirations, like have that be a thing. Um, certainly I'm paying attention. Okay. We're, you know, we need to get a Milonga set in here somewhere. Um, and I would say looking back through my playlists, I tend to do tango, tango, vals, tango, milonga. I tend to only have one set between vals and milonga. I'm similar. Probably I'm similar. more often I'm than similar. not. Uh, yeah, I've also had three sets of tango, three sets of tango in between the two every once in a while as well. Um, so anyway, I, you know, it's the depends thing. And w- p- the biggest variable when we're having these broad discussions is, is not, it, it's like, what type of event are we talking about? Are we talking about seven hours yeah. and a na- a na- an international event with the top dancers from 30 different countries? Or are we talking about a smaller <laughs> regional event? Are we talking about, I just showed up in Portland and I'm dancing, you know, I'm DJing the normal whatever, Wednesday Portland dance or your home community that might be small, Th- that makes more difference than anything is really what, 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 what's the event and what's the expectation. Yeah, um, so what I yeah. find is the longer the event and perhaps, I don't like to talk about the level of dancing so much, but it's kind of like the enthusiasm for mm-hmm. dancing if the level of the event is, if it's a long night and there's a lot of enthusiasm and also a fairly large crowd, I my wavelength, if you'll uh, excuse the technical term, tends to be longer. So I might stick into a like a darker, deeper theme for a little bit longer than I would if it was a shorter night, a um, or you know, all those other things were different. So. Um, cause I can remember sometimes when I'll plays, you know, something like, um, Avik was talking about Uno Emotion earlier in our, um, Facebook chat. So you play a set like that, that's really dark and emotional. And then you play a set of waltzes that kind of matches that you can keep people in that groove with a little bit of variety for a few sets. Um, and kind of extract all of that juice out of them and then slowly start changing to something else when you have a long time in the night. Yeah, I try to um, organize it. I'm curious. We want to play some music soon. I'm, I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Dan. The, 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 the type of event, the length of the event, not, and again, to me, it's not about the level. It's about, you know, it's, again, it's, not, it's also not about age. It's about like the inner, the inner beauty of somebody when you talk about, when I hear the word age, you know, but, um, uh, yeah. but, I try to still have moments of even a short event that have like for me personally, if it's a practica, I may not go there, but even if it's a shorter event, I'll try to take those. I try to still like go up and down between happy and, and dark and happy and dark for shorter. If, if I can make it work, you know, and I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. if, if Kim and Avik would agree, like do you still try to work in certain aspects certain dynamics for the evening even if it's a shorter night or do you just say you know what i'm just going to keep it kind of even in in the middle this is only a two and a half hour event i'm not going to go super super dark here i tend i, I tend towards having a mix even in the shorter you know 
it's a bit harder to do because you don't have as much time yeah. to build yeah. things. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. And Kim? And in general, when I'm asking questions, I want to clarify, I'm never thinking about anything less than three, four hours. Um, just to give you guys, and I'm not thinking about seven hour milongas, but I'm glad like when you guys are answering, are referring to those because some of our audience may not be aware that there is such long time for day <laughs> to keep going as well. So, uh, it's really nice to bring out the variables. And how about you, Kim, for that last question? In terms of playing, I, I yeah, I think the duration of the malonga definitely impacts how deep I go. So if it was like you know a shorter malonga, maybe you know like in New York City we have these practicas they are like two and a half hours to three hours, then I think it, it wouldn't like go really really dark, especially it being in practica. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does. I do. It takes me a little bit to like build into like the darker Pugliese mode. But I also have a question for you guys because I speak. To, you know, a lot of DJs talk about how they want to. So, like, okay, let me let me change the perspective. As the DJ, you are there from the beginning, and you are there till the end. So you feel and you see and you are a part of the whole arc. You are a part of the whole symphony you're creating. But some people show up within the first half an hour. Some people show up within the last half an hour. Some people show up in the middle. Some people come and leave and come back. Some people go out for a cigarette. Some people have a conversation with their friend. They forget where they are for an hour, and then they're, oh, I'm back in the... So we're starting to, we're talking about orchestrating this whole big, big, oh, I'm building this and I'm doing it. But I firmly believe as a, as a spectator and as a participant at the Milonga, I am not paying attention at all to what the DJs do. I don't see the grand picture when I'm at a milonga. I'm sitting there hanging out, and if I see hear music I like, I get up and dance. And if I hear music I don't feel like dancing to, I don't. So at the same time, when I'm DJing, there's sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this in here. Fuck it. And I'll play a tanda that I don't even know. Did it fit the previous? Did it fit? The, does it fit the, pro the next? But I feel like we all overanalyze and and think a lot about what we're doing as DJs and that and that's good but at the same time I don't think our audience does at all <laughs> and I'm curious what you guys all think about that it depends <laughs> what I, I actually I actually really like that question and comment Adam um the the depends part of this is if you're at a point in the milonga and it doesn't seem like the stress is very high i mean there's so many variables like i don't like to get that analytical because mm -hmm. yeah. all of these questions require a lot of context to really to really get an answer that you can that you can really nail down right, tight right. um so a lot of these, you know, some of the stuff that I've said in DJ seminars and talks like this gets taken totally out of context and people leave thinking that I'm this super analytical guy and like, holy crap, all the stuff he thinks about. I, I'm not convinced. Um, I show up at the Milonga kind of like with a blank sheet of paper and an empty mind and I just kind of respond to what, to how the night unfolds. Mm -hmm. 
or the afternoon. That's really nice. So, so what you're saying, Adam, that there might be a time when you're just like, oh, I'm not, there's no need to match this to that. I, I totally get it. It might not, it might not make that much difference at, in that setting. In some settings, it could be the difference oh, between yeah. having tomatoes thrown at the oh, DJ yeah. stand oh, yeah. or not. No, I mean, you if know? it's a short event and if it's like, yeah, if it's army longa on a Wednesday and it's three to four hours long, I know most of the crowd's been there all night. And I know that they're in the same room. <laughs> they hear everything that's going on. You know, it's like, yeah. Hello. Hello, Marcelo. That, that sounds Arnold. It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> All right, Avik, what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to, I mean, I agree with, with Dan, and I think we, we've touched on this issue of intuition versus a formula mm -hmm. in a lot of the questions you've been asking. And I think, I think it partly it's an issue of pedagogy. Right? Like when you ask the question of how do we learn how to DJ, and I think uh, Dan learned by doing in great, uh, to large degree, and so did I, and and uh, but the more you sort of teach people to DJ, then you fall into a formula and then you mm. get into sort of rules and you get into analysis and you can be over analytical right. then. And, and I think that whole trajectory, uh, I, I've tended to not do a lot of DJ seminars for that, that very reason, because people do take your word as like truth. And there's yeah. obviously some very useful things that one can say, but intuition plays a pretty big role in this. Intuition, taste, uh, these things are not, um, you can't put them into a formula easily. Mm. And, uh, and I think if you're going to be honest about what a DJ does, I think you have to bring that role in. So like uh, uh, Dan's description of coming in with a clear mind is probably a really good piece of advice that's really hard to implement for someone who doesn't know how to DJ already. Yeah. <laughs> and this is right. great because I also found like when I first started DJing, I would like if after I created one playlist, like at an event when I was doing it that I was happy with, and then I was DJing at something more casual, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start with this playlist. And whenever I've done that, I never keep that playlist. But it also right. has, will make me lazy at the start of the milonga. I, I know it will work what I'm going to play, but I will the beginning of the milonga, I will start most of the time with what I had in that playlist unless i see something happen i see what's in there who's in there and i'm like all right gotta change this but i never once was able to reuse a playlist through the night because some things always made me feel like all right i need to change that i need to delete that i need to move that and like it's and i think that was all based on intuition and like observing what was going on it was never I could never keep the formula. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I've done a bit of the opposite, Chico, which is to see how... What a silence. What happened? Where were you? 
I'm okay. Tell, I'm, tell uh, because I remember you mentioning this. I think. Well, well sometimes I I've done where I like try the same playlist in diff very different settings and see how mm -hmm. it what the reaction is, right? I think if there's you're so diabolical that I've you're given, just sitting there like, okay, my pretties. Well, <laughs> 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 it's the experimentalist in me. What can I, say? <laughs> I mean, I learned a lot. <laughs> And what did you right. so you know what he, he learns that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You learn that for sure. But even like, in, in the <laughs> but, but some town does work better than others in some crowds. And like, you know, a lot of the things that we were talking about before about like, you know, what beginners have a easier time dancing to or whether certain Tanda should go earlier in the night or later in the night, like yeah. all of those things become yeah. clear when when i did that little experiment i don't i don't do you know that what? now but like that was i, I learned for... something That's i learned great, something though. really funny i was djing for what the first time i ever djing in buenos aires i was djing at vision malcolm and uh they're like oh play some stuff for beginners early because you know that's who comes first and i was like okay and then he said i think it was gabby right remember gabby chico um get his last yeah. name tango cool and he's like oh like you know he's yeah, like yeah. i'm thinking um bahia blanca to sarli and you know and that and i was like at that point in my life i was like whoa not that that's not really easy music to dance to but it's also kind of boring i was gonna play like canaro or something and i said well what about you know fresero or canaro because i remember like certain djs in the u.s like Cre alex krebs and people being like oh you should start with this this is good for beginners and and Gabby was like, well, we don't want to put people to sleep. And I was like, okay, so consider your audience. Like, you're in Buenos Aires, you're at a practica, you're not in, you know, some random town in Ohio in in the United States. Um, but you know, that was his guidance. Was like, so I was curious, and I know Chico, you really want us to play some music, but you know, Avik, you were Avik, you were just talking about experimenting with the crowd's reactions to things, and I'm curious. Uh, I wrote this question down earlier. Have you ever tried? And you spoke about uh, learning how to DJ from certain DJs in Buenos Aires. And Dan, I I don't know for if you have or not, but have you tried to implement things you learned down there that just don't work in a North American community? Yeah, of course. Um... I think I think uh, what you play is very geographically yeah, sensitive. Definitely. Um, and I, I like to know, like, if I go to New York and DJ at your thing, I kind of have a sense now for what New Yorkers like. But I think that's a bit different than what uh, Portland people like, for example, and different from what Ann Arbor people like, and certainly different from what people in Buenos Aires or in Europe. Like, all, all those places have a very different feeling for me in terms of the music they choose. Uh -huh. Um, and I think that uh, sometimes I'm pulled by the urge to kind of give them what I think they, they like to hear. And another part of me tries to 
be more focused on kind of my vibe as a DJ. I wish, you know, I stopped traveling as a DJ. A, as I've mentioned this several times, it pays shit. (laughs) And B, because people are so reluctant to be uh, accepting of it. And I I just got to this point where I was like, you know what, I'm so tired of being invited to DJ at festivals and then like half the crowd just being like, meh, I don't like it. And then I DJ in New York City and I DJ our milongas and all the other milongas and people love it and it's good and and I know it's good. I know I'm not an ignorant DJ. And I wish other communities were as open to just a fresh take on things. And I think that some communities are, uh, but a lot of communities are not. I'm curious what you guys well, and gals, heard, what, you, I, what you all think about your experience DJing on the road. Well, I'll just say this one thing, Adam, because it, it's about you. And I think you at one point said something like, um, it's, is it, it that it might be important for the DJ to help train the dancers to appreciate or become familiar with certain kinds of music um, that they may not initially like. Does that sound Well, that's familiar? a question I was going to ask as well for all of you guys, but uh, uh, in a, another way. Oh, but well, yeah. I think you, I, but you, I've heard you say that before, and I've, I've often remembered that. I'm like, well, that is interesting, right? Because I think familiarity is a big driver mm-hmm. for what kind of music people like and people never become familiar if they never yeah. listen to it and so there's this sort of push and pull there and kim how, how about you when you when you travel to dj how do you feel uh, as as compared to like djing in your local community um i haven't traveled too much but a few places that i did travel to i didn't feel that it was so dramatically their friend, um, I mean, they're all in the Northeast, and I think that I'm there to DJ. Like, I have, I'm responding to the crowd there. So, I, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm confident in the music that I have. So, I, I didn't feel too much of a difference. But of course, you guys, you know, travel in many countries or different, um, different states that, I have an experience, so I can't speak too much to that right now. And Red? Yeah. Um, interesting, Avik's point about educating the audience. I feel a strong push to do that with my local community or when I'm traveling and kind of just DJing at a normal quote unquote weekly non-festival non-marathon milonga. I feel like that is a good time and space to, if you have a feeling that, that there's some music that they might not have heard as much, you might throw a few songs or a set or two in there to just kind of push them a little bit um, at a festival or a marathon Eh, maybe later in the event that 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 could work out pretty well um so i think there is i think there is a little bit of a venue for us to push the audience if we do it in a thoughtful and educated manner i agree with you dan that that on the road would be dicey Uh, like i said before in my experience i've played like my greatest hits on the road and i've still gotten you know bounce back or whatever you call it against that just because like hey people are just judging you based on whether you're 
a white guy, an Argentine, a female. There's already all these things coming again. You know, oh, he's he's a new DJ. She's a new DJ. Oh, he's a man. He's a she's a woman. She, she's from Argentina. He's not. Um, so yeah, like in your local community, it's easier to try new things. And that leads me to another question that I have um, for everybody. Okay, hold on. We Sorry, need to wait. play a song. <laughs> Can I ask just a quick question? Well, maybe it's yes, not quick. Yes, of course. But when, when you guys talk about um, pushing the dancers or introducing something new to them, are you specifically talking about, like, for example, um, introducing, like, the modern orchestras or playing things that are, like, in the 70s? What, what does it mean to push, like, introduce something new to the dancers? Um, for me, it means that perhaps there's a song, like there was, um, like again, I go to Buenos Aires a lot and I hear music down there, you know, traveling in the States, but in the States, I feel like we tend to stay really safe with our shit. But um, like mm. Corbadilla was a song that I started hearing at um, La Veruta a couple years ago. And there was a few other ones I'm trying to think of. I haven't looked at my, my playlist in months, but um there's certain ones that I'll hear when I'm in certain places and I'll, I'll hear the song and I'll be like, that is a cool song. And I'll go talk to the DJ or I'll go look at the playlist or whatever. Or I'll just Shazam it. And then I'll come home and I'll be like, oh, I want to introduce. And this is just a song from the 40s, 50s, 30s, you know, whatever. But that I just don't hear in New York City a lot. And then I'm like, okay, I want to work this. I'm going to put this in a ton of other three songs that everybody loves so that when they hear the one song they don't know, they don't like rip my head off. Because it's such a travesty of justice that I've just, you know, put on these people <laughs> to make them hear a song they don't know. Oh my god! Um, so for me, it's it's not about playing a cool tanda of new music or or something freakishly out. It's just like, oh, here's a here's a song by an orchestra that I love that I'm not that familiar with, and um, and mm. I'm I know like because I go back to certain communities very often. And I see, like, every time I go back, this is a new song in their playlist. And this is a new song the next time. And this one, and this one. And I'm curious for our DJs, do you guys remember going to certain places and seeing the, the sophistication of the audience broaden over the year in terms of what they like and what they'll allow? That's a good question. I think it, it depends where... God damn it, um, you your depend more... question. Answer. <laughs> Sorry. Does it true. depend? I'm going to start asking um, my questions like this. Does it depend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I, I think that's more or less it. I mean, some more cosmopolitan play. If, if there's a person in the community who is familiarizing the community with new music, different kinds of music, and pushing those boundaries, then those people will be more open to new music. And if the community is like playing the same songs over and over and over again, and that's what they like, and that's what they're used to, then it's not going to be that. It's, it's kind of how you're cultured in your community. Yeah, yeah. I... And, and, and I, I think there's one other piece, which is that as a beginner, it's harder to relate to... Uh, more difficult or different kinds of music. So if you're a young in a young community or you're a young dancer, then that stuff may be harder. At least that's how I remember it when I was 
surprising. Um, but if where I am now, I'm I'm very intrigued by anything new I hear, and I'm I'm very willing to give it a shot and see how it goes on the table. I mean, it's like food. So that, it's like food for a child. Like they have to get familiar with certain foods. And they'll only eat certain foods for like the first four or five years of their lives. You know, I have nieces and nephews right now, and they're like, I eat, che- I eat chicken sticks, fish sticks, and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and they're like four or five, you know, three, four, five. And I'm like, all right. And that's it. And and then eventually. Let me know when you get their foie gras. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Tango people. It's like, <laughs> I like Desarli, Bahia Blanca, and uh, Dottie Enzo, Nada Mas. And uh, if you play a different version of any of these songs, it's just not right. And then, you know, you fast forward like 20 years, well, not even 20 years, 10 years, and it's like, can we have some new music, please? I am bored out of my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah, but you're dancing tango, man. We are dancing the same songs from 200 years, more or less. And yeah, and they all sound like much... <laughs> I, can, I can say for, 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 an, for an outsider, I'm not a professional DJ, I like this, but no, I'm my professional DJ. For an outsider, it's something interesting. I was here, I'm talking with DJs here in Buenos Aires, and something that I didn't notice, and I noticed when I was, I'm traveling. You know, uh, when we go to a, to a wedding, and there is this heat that we know that we're going to have on this wedding. It doesn't matter which country in the world, there is certain heat that makes everybody dance. Does it make what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that song, song that, that gets everybody on the dance. Oh, there is this heat that everybody likes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's super silly. We hear it like 3,000 times in one month. And and DJ, he was saying exactly that. He was saying many times the DJ, Argentina, right? They say, I know that when I go to, to, to work, I need to, in one tanda, you know, I need I need to play certain amount of tenders that are classic. Uh, uh, I don't know, like Troilo, Pugliese, and you put other names that there are. They must. They are tenders that should be there. And inside of these tenders, they should be hits. They should be hits that make people feel uh, that they they know it. So they uh, and they find this person that they dance dance this kind of song that way because that makes it familiar, that makes the the the, the, the eyes break easier, and so I was thinking when I was listening to you guys, I don't know how much is the experimentation way because generally for me one of the, the one of the time when I was in I don't know in Europe, the DJ was really experimental, and it was awful. Awful. So, what is what is the balance? It's a really good question, isn't it? <laughs> I, I agree that they're that they're <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> no, no, that's I actually like what he said there. No, um, me too, me too, completely. I was, I was. I, I don't know. I might have been the one that that brought us into this whole mess, but um, so the deal is like what Avik was saying was. Like for me, it's, I know what I play in my home community and I'm one of like two DJs there. So, or maybe three sometimes, and I know what they play. And so sometimes I'll be in the middle of the milonga and I'm like, you know what, man, we need to stretch this out a little bit. So that's a completely different thing than if I'm DJing at a festival type deal again. Um, I tend to be the DJ that people know is going to play the classics. I mean, people, I think, kind of label me as pretty traditional. I don't play a lot of modern stuff. I don't play alternative. And it's, you know, 
maybe I'm not the one that you play on Sunday night anymore because I'm not going to be as experimental. But there's that certain glue that holds the whole thing together. And I think all of us know that you have to have that glue. And if things are going really well, then you might throw a little something new in there. But if they're not going well, that's the last thing you're going to do. Absolutely, It's like if an orchestra just plays and you're not going to be like, Oh, I just found this new recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good God, exactly. no. I'm gonna That's when you play Dottienzo and just get on with it, man. I love DJing because I'm just like, I know the, I know the whole too. 30 songs tonight I'm going to play. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And I also well, know I'm probably not going to play any instrumentals that night, especially if there's no singer mm-hmm. in the orchestra. Claro. Uh, this is another. Uh, now, now I can complain. One moment, uh, I need to complain. Yes. <laughs> as an Argentinian traveling, I saw that I didn't realize, but somebody pointed out, and it's true. Uh, and here in Argentina, I'm used to you know, DJ to have tendons that they have lyrics, and we love to dance the lyrics. Generally, when I go abroad, there is no DJs that play songs with lyrics, all instrumentals. What? No, no. I'm kidding. Dance? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. If you go, if I need to put a number, uh, the lyrics are, is like 60% of the, the night is oh with songs with lyrics. Oh my God. Okay. But in the opposite, it's less. Let's ask this as a question. <laughs> like, how, what's the percentage you guys play lyrics to instrumentals? For me, I play no more than probably two instrumental tandas the whole night. I'm the worst when it comes to playing instrumentals. I usually go same thing. Yeah, I usually same. do like 50 50. Yeah, smaller. Oh, well. you do? No way, Adam. You don't. <laughs> I could look it up. I could get back to you on that. You gotta uh, look it up. Get that. Like, there's no way you do 50 50. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check here. But, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, you should check it out because it's, if you if you pay, pay attention, this is the next time when you go to these milongas and l- listen, you will notice that many DJs that. For, for my understanding, maybe I'm wrong. I cannot say that. It's like, this is what I felt. That there is a lot of instrumentals, right. but not so many lyrics. All right, you're right. I'm more like 70-30. You're right. I'm looking right now. Yeah, you're 20, maybe 30% instrumental tops. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Marcelo, but I agree with you. Like, I don't understand the lyrics, but to me, if there is too much instrumental, I do not connect with the music the same way. I need the singer. I need lyrics. Um, so I was at a I was at an event that was like a five hour milonga, and this topic came up in the middle of some discussion, and and somebody said, "Oh, you know, there's not enough instrumentals." And I said, "Oh, did you like what I played last night?" And they said, "Oh God, your milonga was the best." And I said, "I didn't play a single instrumental song, let alone a set." And they were just like, what, really? And I said, no. And I showed them my playlist. Every song for five hours was a sung tango, milonga, whatever. Because, again, I don't think about that. Those were the right songs to play at that moment. And instrumental songs, for whatever reason... Never, never made it to the plate. Dan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna (laughs) go back to my point earlier. You're a well-established DJ. People already assume you know what you're doing, and they're gonna trust you. So, you know, I, I, my first time DJing out, out of New York was in Ann Arbor, and I DJed a practica 
and I played like Darienzo, Donato, you know, um, high paced Desarli, another Darienzo. And at some point, this guy came up to me and he said, You know, son, can you please stop playing so many milongas in a row? Oh, I had not played God. one fucking milonga at all because I was DJing a practica and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to fit this in. But my point is, this guy didn't know me from anyone and I'm just this young kid and. You know, people complain. You, we've all experienced this. Oh and yeah, it's just like the most banana shit you hear. And that, but if once you have a certain stature level, you know, you could play. God, I played the craziest shit lately, and people come over to me like you're a genius, and I'm like, no, I'm just fucking with you right. because you will just take anything I play now. <laughs> like I'm just making a point in oh, your head. Oh boy. No, so I mean, I play instrumentals. I play instrumentals, but it's not part of my equation. Part of the reason I play not as many vocals is because DJing sometimes in Buenos Aires and talking to people down there, they are like, we don't like to hear the words that much. <laughs> Oh my You're god. No, I'm like, wrong really? You're You're talking with we're turistas, that's what. No, I'm talking with, <laughs> that's I'm talking right. with fucking Milongueros who are like, look, we've heard all this fucking whining before. We don't really care to hear it all the time. You know? <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is feedback I've gotten from people that are like, yeah, we. I prefer not to hear all this the same shit over and over again. <laughs> How do you guys, how do you feel, Kim and Avik? One as a dancer and as a DJ, like. I love, like, like I think most of you, I love um, uh, songs with singers in it. And I would say like 85% of the music I play in the night will be with lyric in it. But I think at one point, like along with my academic learning of what to do as a DJ, People or like I've learned, someone must have said to me at one point um, that you should play more like half and half, but I find it almost impossible to do that because there's so much good songs of like lyrics in it that I can't not play it during the night. Yeah, right. I feel very similar in terms of yeah, like I I don't know. It's not I like, like I don't like instrumental Pugliese, but I like it's so rare. Like I can't get myself to play instrumental Pugliese. It's very rare that my feelings will take me there. The intuition, I will go you, for something else. Do you guys think the people who want more instrumental maybe have a harder time dancing to? lyrics because they're like dancing to a singer is different to dancing to like a beat you know that i feel that this that the answer goes in that direction that you mentioned kim i feel that uh, in, uh, here what i this is it's not something that i'm thinking about it's thinking that i'm used to so this uh, singing uh, dancing on top of the singer instead of the music or the sound of the instrument for me i'm used more used to and i feel that maybe the reason it is that the sound of this the the, the singer sometimes doesn't match the the metric of the music so maybe they feel more challenged to dance that I maybe that so. is the reason 
Well, the f yeah, all the phrasing that the singer does and going off the beat could definitely be. Yeah, maybe that is, I feel somebody told me something like that. I said, why you don't like to dance singers? He said, no, it's too complicated. It's too messed up with the music. I said, oh, okay. Hmm. The birds are commenting though. They want, they want lyrics. I can hear. Um, but I need to confess too. If you talk with many of the tango dancers that is understanding uh, the lyrics, many of us, many of us, we don't really pay attention to the lyrics until somebody mentions something, and <laughs> and about the lyric. But we we take it as a sound too. Uh, uh, for instance, there is one milonga that is talking about this guy who killed her because he was cheating on her at the, at the heart. You know what I mean? There is one song of that. I don't remember. It's a milonga. And it's a really funny song. one. <laughs> yeah, more or less. And, and I didn't realize the lyrics that it was so sad and dramatic until, like, I don't know. I've done it for 25 years. I, I realized that these lyrics five years ago. That I was like, oh, wow, shoot. It's really violent. <laughs> right. <laughs> I understand I think, that though, like I sing, so when I sing Turkish stuff, that's like very dramatic and like the words are sometimes cheesy and it's always like sad. I'm like, I just like singing along to it. I'm not paying attention what the words are necessarily at times until someone says, what is it saying? Can you translate? And I'm like, oh, oh it's saying this. Like I have to listen with that in mind. I remember that many of, many of us really realized about that particular song that I remember the context because the Me Too movement and there were the ladies who said, oh, we are, you are dancing all these misogynist songs. And with which misogynist songs? And this one. Oh, shit, true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For me, I think that the lyrical, like the reason I like lyrical stuff is like, I don't understand the lyrics in most of the songs, though I'm starting to know a little bit, but uh, the, the thing that I like is that when you have a voice, it adds more texture and complexity to the music. And that's like, I always uh, enjoy dancing anything with a little bit more complexity as opposed to sort of a simple straight beat, which I find a little dull as a dancer these days. Mm -hmm. So Adam, should we hear a song? Somebody, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> We're getting our taste of Maui. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we lost Adam. Oh, you guys hearing? We lost I'm going to move. I'm over near a window. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm near me... a window. I got the chickens and the birds yakking. <laughs> yeah, we can hear it. Yeah. And I'm so jealous <laughs> because here is like 12, uh, 12 uh, midnight, and I can hear the birds and say, wow, it's beautiful. What time is yeah, it? There? Right. Yeah, it's uh, on Maui, it's quarter after five. Mm. Whoa. Sunset. Yeah. It's in about, well, it's already starting to color up, so it'll be about half an hour, 45 minutes. You guys you guys are cutting into my daylight here. Daylight special. Yeah, we are, aren't we? So are we going to play music, or shall I ask one other question? What do you guys feel like? Would you guys like to sit, sit here and hold hands and listen to a song? 
Or are you gonna are you gonna peter out if I play music? We are going to play it out Let's anyway, listen. so whatever. <laughs> Let's listen to a tango. I'm going to play Dan Bosch's. Let's listen to a tango. I'm not going to play but a tango, bitch. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask everyone to mute themselves. Especially the bird person. Uh, especially. <laughs> I don't know if he's able to mute, though. We're still hearing him. All right, well, then we'll have some nice sound effects for the music. Oh dear. All right, I'm muting myself. Milonga pura, más criolla que el mate amargo, soñando entre sus cantares, voy a formar mi bandera con las canas de mi madre, y el azul de unas ojeras donde hoy pierdo el corazón, que dulce amarga, sentirla, besarla, y oír la voz querida de una boca que nos pida un beso sin traición. Corazón con alma y vida, que linda mi criolla, que brujo el amor. Risueña como el Nora, señores, cruza mi dama, no desairen su figura. Al contonear su cintura ríe y llora mi guitarra, mi loca de Martín Fierro, la son de mis arrabales, más te canto y más te quiero, porque al taconer tus calles en tus brazos vivo yo, de dulce amarga, sentirla besarla y oír la voz querida de una boca que nos pida un beso sin traición ni el corazón con alma y vida que linda y criolla que brujo el amor uh -huh. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, so, Danny, you said that's been your favorite song muy bien. since forever <laughs> in tango. Correct? Yeah. I just I just can't get enough of that song. What's the name of the song again, guys? Con alma y vida. All right. I want our audience to know. It's a great song. So yeah, do you I just, play that a lot? I do not play it a lot. Um, when I do play it, I feel like a lot of people have trouble dancing to it, honestly. Um, I'll pull it out, you know, at like Alex's thing or some smaller event when I really feel like I know the crowd, but I'm not likely to pull that out unless I feel pretty confident. Mm. But I played Disarly Milongas a lot. It's a little bit of a trademark of mine. But, you know, this one doesn't make the appearance quite as often, um, mm. unfortunately. It's a great song. Mm. Mm. Let's it's a fun one to study the lyrics. What are the lyrics saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, takes a, it took me like 10 Argentines to really get it straightened out. It's, it's pretty dramatic, but it's really talking about the um, milonga criolla, the, like the milonga of the, of the country. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of imagery to fool you into thinking they're talking about a woman or they're talking about a guy, a milonguero, getting ready to go dancing, but that's not really the case. Um, if you study it really hard, it's, it's, it's just basically talking about how beautiful the Milonga Criolla is, um, with all these, you know, all this imagery, it's, it's pretty complicated. It's, I'm not an expert at any of this stuff, but it's a pretty fun one to study. I dance. That's another example. I dance it like I don't know how many times, but I never pay attention to the lyrics. <laughs> See, right, I'm, right. I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should take a look. Yeah, there is another song that Flor 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 de Montserrat that is similar. It's tricky. That is talking about a woman, but actually it's talking about the Virgin Mary and the the, the how uh, the celebrator is a day of the Virgin Mary is that song talking about the Virgin Mary ah. is a religious song cool there is a song about a mother by Biagi I think and someone had told me like don't ever play that song nobody wants to think about their mother when they're dancing tango with a woman <laughs> in their arms <laughs> I was like alright noted. In, noted indeed <laughs> so here's a question like because we're like maybe we did touch base to this a little bit but when you're at a milonga to just dance and enjoy how often or how rare is it that you do not enjoy the music Hmm. It definitely happens. I've definitely been disappointed at festivals and marathons um, where, you know, just what they're playing just isn't suiting me for that particular night. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to be pretty judgmental, but anymore, 
I figure it's more about me than the DJ. So I'm just not feeling it or whatever is my go-to sort of excuse for sucking that night. (laughs) (laughs) What do the others think? Yeah, uh, for me, I think it's a lot. A lot of it depends on, you know, my personal taste and the music that I like to listen to. So if the DJ has different tastes, um, then I wouldn't enjoy the music or feel like dancing as much. But I think think more so I'm more sensitive to the sound quality than the songs itself um, most of the time. But yeah, I do experience um, that. But would you like stay at the milonga and enjoy the milonga and make um, out with friends, or would it just kill your night and you'd feel like leaving? I think that it, it would encourage me to leave. Yeah, it would encourage <laughs> me to leave. It does play um, like more than a small role in the. <laughs> I would stay and complain about it with kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> with who? You would stay and complain to who? Kindred spirits. <laughs> he would come running up to me saying, Dan, what the hell is this DJ doing? <laughs> and he would have three people behind him all running over to me and just ask me what the hell is going on. But does it happen often? No, not often, but it happens. We want names. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, nothing consistent. No, no consistent names. That's why I think it's more me than anything. Um, I if I may, I have a question for yeah. Kim. Sure. Kim, you mentioned the sound, the sound quality, which is a big deal to me because, along with being a DJ, I'm actually a sound technician. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking about maybe just the quality of the DJ's material played through a system that you've already heard before, or is sometimes it's the sound system itself? Yeah, sometimes it is the sound system, which is really unfortunate, um, and sometimes it's the song. But I think more often it's the sound system itself, or like oh, okay. the ver- or the room, and like how much reverb it has in that room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Or where we can talk about that place. more later. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm a sound freak. But that's that's something that like pitches. Mm. But uh, like some of the more low stuff that like Adam will be like, "Do you hear this? It's bothering me." I'm like, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like some of the levels of stuff he hears, I will not hear. Especially if it's more bass. right, but if it's mm. higher pitch, then I feel yeah, a lot more disturbed by it. You know, the, here in Argentina, we don't have so much amount. Like as you notice, <laughs> we don't we don't pay attention so much about the sound system. So more or less, if sounds is okay, <laughs> if they have sounds, right. okay. But in, <laughs> in Germany, in Germany, they spend. I mean, everywhere that I go, and like there is a place new, for instance, that has an amazing sound system with a sound card before go to the amplifier. So these these people in Germany they take it the sound really seriously. 
<laughs> How about you, Adam? Did we lose him again? Sounds like we lost him. Talking about yeah. the sounds issues. I asked that I feel question like... because I feel it's very rare for me to not enjoy the music. It's It happens, like you guys said, but it's very, very rare that I would feel to the point where I have to leave. And that would be if the music is putting me to sleep would be the main reason. And that could sometimes be because I can't get in the zone because I'm tired. Right. Or the DJ is being very plateau with the energy of the music. So I can't feel that boost that I need and the change of dynamics. Um, but I never really feel like, oh, this is like a terrible tanda. Like if here and there, there is tandas that like were really like nothing I'll dance. I'll just sit and chat and enjoy and it will give me a chance to take a break and socialize. Like but I feel those sort of things never really affect my mood. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yes, Kim, you want to say something? And, and... Yes. <laughs> I wanted to talk further about sound quality because it bothers me a lot, but, um, just uh, in terms of sound quality, I think that, you know, like I feel like as DJs, maybe we go with a more sensitive ear, but then the people who don't complain about it, they're, I think they're still impacted by it. Like it will wear down on you throughout the night, but it's kind of like subconscious. So I feel like it's rather important and so unfortunate that, um, we don't oftentimes don't have control over it. Like for example, Adam and Chico, your your venue, you don't have control over the sound system. Like you, the it's it's part of um, uh, what's the company's name? I forget now. Um, it's it's part of their kind of package, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, um, I'm sure you would like to like have it better too, but. Um, it's kind of it is what it is. So I guess it's it's more depends on like the quality of the files, but yeah, exactly. Well, on this show at the beginning, for example, we didn't even we weren't even able to upload the songs to play, and Adam would have to hold his phone to the microphone. So imagine the sound quality. Like we're talking about certain <laughs> sound qualities right. with the milonga, but you're in a, like a radio sort of a show and you want to play a song and you're hearing it through a mic from a phone playing it uh and eventually oh my they changed that so we can upload the songs now and play through again it's not something in our control but um yeah it can totally sound very different and not as powerful like, I think the sound quality takes a lot away from the song itself and the feel of the song. Yeah. Yeah, Kim, your point about whether people realize it or not, the quality of the sound system and the quality of the sound, it has, in my experience, has an enormous impact. Um, one time I was at a festival and... It's a festival that I had done many times already. I knew the room, 
and I knew the sound person who was going to set up for the festival. And I knew that they, they, you know, in all honesty, they really didn't know what they were doing. And I asked the organizer, I said, would you allow me to do my own sound, the, you know, on my night in the middle of the festival, and you can keep all the other sound up, and I'm going to do a whole different sound system on top. And they were like, really? And I said, yep, I'll pay out of my own pocket. So I did that. This is a festival of like 350 to 400 people. And when I DJed, everybody that was there that knew what was going on came to me and said, I had no idea how much of a difference it makes. And then they went back to the other sound system for the rest of the festival and people were bitching the whole rest of the weekend. So (laughs) I, you know, it's very interesting because I've had, I've been, it's been kind of a pet peeve of mine and it's like, it's like, you know, banging on a brick wall. Cause, um, like, like it was mentioned earlier, tango people are used to just basically sound coming out of a paper plate in the corner and they'll dance to it. And <laughs> there's so much more that's there to dance to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with you. This, the, it is, it is similar when you dance with, uh, with, with a phone and then just dance with the live music with the orchestra there. It's like it's such a right. big difference. The sound yeah. system. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the loudness of it too, right? If the system is also like doesn't have a certain power to it, I feel this is like the way hearing works and the way we react. Like if we feel the music more within us, mm-hmm. that we react more. I think with yeah. emotion, at least for me, and I think scientifically it's like that too. But if it's more around and it's not penetrating through, then you're losing a lot, especially as a dancer. Yeah, yeah. And you can set the sound system up so that you really feel it, but it doesn't hurt your ears. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's also, we're not dancing to rock. I miss Adam. Where's he at? Right here, baby. He left us. (laughs) Oh, good, good, good. Right on, right on. <laughs> other notice, other way that you notice on the sound system is really bad in a in a milonga, like in anywhere I guess. Like when you need to scream, <laughs> when you are talking and you yeah. feel that you need to oh, oh, yeah. the voices, but is there is something there or it's so low, it's so pitch, so you, you need to raise your voice and it's like why I'm screaming. <laughs> yeah, a good sound system allows the people at the tables to have a good conversation and the people on the floor to really feel the music and. Yeah, I've actually been hired by a few organizers in the last few years to set up the sound, and that's been super rewarding to work with them to make that happen. I think you were doing that at Don Z. Do I remember that right? Uh, That was the first one, yes. And that worked out. That was, it's branched out from there. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes, I'm right. I remember it. My memory isn't that great usually. That's why I'm excited. (laughs) Adam, can we play another song by one of our yes. DJs? All righty, yes. ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go with uh, a special song. This is the song that DJ likes to play. This song to get the night going. Not to get it going. Oh, that thing. <laughs> 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 
Oh yeah, we can talk through this one. It's awesome. Oh man. I actually think I hardly ever played it, but I kind of like the song since it was, you know, in tribute to Dr. Dre. Yeah, and I'm, after you mentioned he was on the news, I checked, because I, like, the words are awesome too. Imagine, imagine like a, like a 10-year-old of me. Like, <laughs> this was my first album. And really? I, I would like listen to it in secret because you know the other tracks on the album are pretty. You know, it's like the start of like gangster rap. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, I'll go with uh, a real, a real tango, ladies and gentlemen. That's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah, I think I think I don't think I've ever heard that at a milonga and not wanted to dance. Exactly. I was just gonna say the same. Well, that's thing. the secret ammunition. Yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those songs that's you know it's it can be considered deep, emotional, 
but it's glue. It's glue for the milonga. That was the. I, I got oh. this advice from I don't know Robin or somebody a long time ago. They said he said uh, if you ever see if you're ever DJing at a festival and all the Argentines are sitting, just play this song and they'll all get up and dance. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an amazing song to start a milonga. Ooh, this is an that goes amazing back to what song. we were talking about before, guys. Yeah. Can you imagine starting? Okay, I will. I said before, I'm like, I'll come in and I'll start the milonga swinging, but I would never waste this song at the beginning of a milonga. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But oh. I might. I can see things. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. And it could be that you really want to play it, you play it again later. <laughs> I have no objections to that either. This first is one hand, of the rare... first time that can be repeated. <laughs> this is one of the rare tangos that I think where the lyrics aren't about like, you know, misogyny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> it's actually really nice. Like, I I, ha I don't know the lyrics of too many songs, but this one I I, I looked at in the past and. Like one, one part of it, you know, it's like it's talking about tango as a feeling, and I really subscribe to that in general. Yeah. So unlike a lot of the other songs that talk about all that crazy stuff that happened in Argentina in the 1900s, I can actually relate to this one. Mm -hmm. um, because like we're all dancing our own feeling, and it's like there's a line in there that says like it's an like we're dancing an emotion made up of things from yesterday, like yeah. from my past. Oh, who is that? <laughs> Not me. Yeah, I don't know what that um, was. No. Ooh. no coffee um, machines, guys. So, yes, what were you saying, Avik? No, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it's relatable. And there's another line in there that says, like, tango that has no pretense, which I really... Mm -hmm subscribe to too it's like you know we, we we talk a lot about tango we we have like a lot of analysis and everything like that but in the end like the purest form of tango like it really doesn't have pretense i think and and so we're all tracing i think we're all chasing that that feeling we have that doesn't have mm. any pretense mm -hmm. anyway lots of nice yeah i like that yeah. that's great yeah. and, and it's a great song it, it will allow us to get that feeling we're chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does have a little bit of like that uh, Argentine sort of uh, righteousness, if I can say that, Marcelo, sorry. <laughs> uh, please, 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 please. <laughs> Which, like, because there's this one other line that's uh, like that you know, it says tango is like this, we do it like this. And so why, why do we have to like make it different from that? You know, which is so typical of everything I've heard. And right. many of my teachers, it's like, I know what tango is. We don't want to add anything to it. It's perfect. Just as it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think, I think that is, uh, yeah. But then it, it just stay the word this. And I remember many uh, in these songs, so many songs, you need to dance like tango like that. And then yeah. that, <laughs> what is that? That, well, explain me that, you know, that's it. You, you do it now. Oh yeah. I'm like, whatever. 
You know, I need to tell the story. <laughs> if, if allow me, it's a, uh, it's a friend of mine that is from Europe, and he was taking lessons with Tete. And, and 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 he was okay. He was paying a little homage many euros, and the guy was saying, "Okay, now dance, dance, I dance, dance to warm up." Okay, the guy was start to dance, and then they sit and look at him. Now to hold him and said, "Okay, guy, you need to feel the music and then the music." Okay, he started to dance, and the Tete was started to say, "Yes, yes, that, that, exactly that." <laughs> no, 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 you lose it, you miss it, you miss it. Okay, come back, come back. Okay, that, 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 exactly that. So that was the whole hour. And then he, the guy went out and said, like, I learned that, but I don't really know what is that it is. Well, I can relate because he did something so similar to us in his group lessons that were like for two hours he would run around us, dance, don't think, dance, dance, that, no, don't think. Like, and... That's how he got us to get comfortable with close embrace. Like that was the first time I felt like I was dancing. So you got uh, that. We, I got that through his lessons. Yeah, we just, and I think this needs to be impressed upon people more. It's just, this goes back to what I, you know, reminded me of, um, you know, Dan Bosha with the turns. Like Shorty just saying, oh, he just turns and turns. Like, we need to stop thinking so much all the time about about i think tango went through this huge phase of like deconstruction and we were introduced to it during that time where everything is about like what are we creating and how does this relate to this and what is the theory of all that and then then it's like let's go back to just dancing and just having a good time and right and uh no kidding know, just feeling the earth and the person and, and the, 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 the sensation and, and it's taken me years to come to a place where i can actually see that in a dancer because i'm yeah, so analytical yeah. about my up my uh, my whole upbringing has been so analytical and when i finally got to appreciate the quality of some dancers <clears throat> just based on the, the dirtiness of the, the mugre the way they just danced in the, the together and it's yeah it's amazing it's it's taken me a, a while to get back to that or to get to that point i don't know if i was ever there but yeah, yeah. you're transcending no, your uh nuevo trauma <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> that's true you started with all of that and what's our third song all right all right, all right. I got a song. Oh, I, I need to develop my DJ voice. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of fellow DJs, do you guys have a DJ voice? Oh, my gosh. I try to shut up and let the music do the talking. I love DJs that, that like, not, like, talk over the music, but, like, that, like, Horacio kind of DJs who are like, oh, all right, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I just love the whole vibe it gives. It can be like, fun. It, it yeah, can be fun in the right environment. It can be too much at the wrong, like, if you're at, like, a, a, a Sunday afternoon practica from, like, 2 to 4 to church, that might be a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is the guy? There was a guy in Montreal who was known for doing that. Michelle. Michelle. He was good. Yeah. I liked his voice. He was though. very, very good. I agree. But you know what, guys? The other thing that about the traditional tango that for the tango Taliban's that are around the world, they were saying they need to have come back to the tango like it was. There was a guy presenting. I remember when I started to dance tango, like last century, <laughs> there was one guy. There was one guy that uh, famous was in, in Canning. Uh, he was the MC guy. Felix Picherna? 
Felix Bicherna, he was one. Yeah. It was yes. Bicherna, yeah. He was one who was like introducing the songs and he was like with the cassettes. So many people there now yeah. they are listening, they don't yeah. know what the cassette is. But Google yeah. it, it's fun, I'm telling you. And, <laughs> and, and, and another Milonga, another Milonga, Felix Bicerna was one of them. And there was another guy, another, another Milonga, like in, in, he was in Canyon, and I met him in Lodicelia, and met him, I don't know where. He was the MC, kind of like really very well dressed. He didn't dance, he was just in every time that I was like, okay, this was the Darienzo, and we are going to DJ, we'll present. So he started to do a little intro in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the Cortinas, or mm -hmm. introducing the, the, and yeah, and the introducing, and I was in the Cortinas, like before going to dance, and, or introducing the, the, jazz or the Lindy Hop moment of the of the night or the Chacarera moment. So there was an MC guy in that moment. It was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think it brings a nice personality, a nice life. I it's agree. like have it's like a radio show. It's like, all right, next on WWJFUMU or whatever the fuck it was Okay, I'm gonna play a song that DJ voice, Adam. La música me quiero, la próxima canción que nos fuck. Ah, uh, it's not. I'm still working on it. Okay, so remembranzas. Uh, All right. By Pugliese Maciel. Cuarenta y seis, sí, sí. las semanas cuando no está cerca de mí no sé qué fuerza sobrehumana me dan valor lejos de ti muerta la luz de mi esperanza soy como un naufrago en el mar sé que me pierdo en lontananza no me puedo resignar Ay, qué triste recordar Después de tanto amar Esa dicha que pasó Se marchitó Olvida mi desdén Retorna dulce bien A nuestro amor Y volver a florecer Nuestro querer 
como a you'd follow that up right Kim oh, no, no, no. yeah yes. that's how we follow it up <laughs> baby Man, making music that's another song there is no way I'm baby music <laughs> oh my god you know this is a song that or a, there is a song to, to end up the night and and it's Biruta night six in the morning when they turn on the light mm. this is the song just so I somebody picked, and yeah, yeah. So, yes. so I picked this song because I feel like that's how I feel about Tango right now. Like this longing for it because we've been kind of robbed of it for like almost a year now. And I feel like it's uh, just like remembering our passions for it, you know. Like I think that I don't even know how it feels like anymore, but then the song brings it out in me. I'm like, oh my god, and his his voice just carries you to like a place that you didn't even think your emotions could go. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. I knew they I could totally go there. Agree. I knew they could go there, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and they go there so fast. It's amazing how music works. I rarely play that when I DJ. I don't know if anybody else plays it much. Really? Yeah, it's just like... I play it a lot. That's when I find hard to fit in. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> nah. it's a it's and a I, little it's it's a it's a big it's a big dose of of you know so it, i'm like i like pretty much all versions i feel like that's the song if if you play that song at a certain time that could end a lot of people's nights they could be like oh man i've hit the peak i'm i'm done you know like you gotta be careful yeah i feel like it takes a lot out of you emotionally draining yeah exactly <laughs> But you, you're, you also have to be like super vulnerable as well. So I think that's also hard, but also why? Yeah, I agree. And then like, what do you, so what do you play after that? 
That's right. That is right. That's right. It's like you play that, and the guys is changing the shoes. Say, okay, I cannot dance anymore. And then you play something like super fun, and the guys are like, oh. <laughs> Exactly. That's when you play the minute and a half Cortina and yeah, move exactly. on. <laughs> yeah, and this is why I don't want to talk to you guys anymore, I think. <laughs> this is the end of the night. Let's go home. I'm just. Uh, That's her no, very abruptly rude way of ending popular. the podcast, everybody. <laughs> no, no, I'm not ending it. I was just like, it was like, this is, it really does feel like the end. Like it's towards the end. And I think. Adam, you picked the right way to like play that one towards the end of the podcast. Still a DJ, too. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's not. I didn't. I did say it badly, but like that's like wow. Man, nah, but we've kept you guys. You we've kept high. you guys for a long time, so we should probably let you guys get back to uh, all of the adventurous things you were up to before. All the life that we forgot for almost three hours. That was a nice way of Yeah, We appreciate <laughs> your time and joining us, of course. And it was great to catch up. Dan, haven't spoken to you in, ever, really. So it was nice to get to know you a little better. Yeah, that needs to change. Yeah, thank Kim, you. It's been a while since we've seen each other. So thank you for joining us. And I'm glad you're keeping Rob here. Robin's, you live near Robin, right? Is, 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 is You've been... Yeah, we're like two blocks away. Okay, that's great. <laughs> oh my god! Give him yeah. a hug from all of us. Yeah, socially, that's socially right. distance hug, of course. I don't know if we've been. I don't think we've been hugging. No, I don't think so. Well, yeah, socially distance mm -hmm. one. Okay. <laughs> and Avik, thanks for being back. We had a fun show. Chica was not yeah. available to join us for very long, but and you were our only guest that night. But we had like a three-hour show. <laughs> So oh my fun. goodness! Carol <laughs> called in, and I think I'm James so called in, and sad. it was it was great. So, and it was yeah, great it conversations. Was yeah. So thank you, everybody. I'm gonna play Red Fox's Cortina as our farewell song. Guys, <laughs> I love you all, and thank you, like Adam said, for your time and for spending it with us. Yeah, and uh, can't wait to this... man after this. Just whatever break we have, whenever it's over, I can't wait to uh, embrace you all again and dance with you all again and gossip with you all again and all that fun stuff. So. I know. Sounds awesome. And I'm gonna. And I have to you. come visit you in Alaska now, Dan, because. Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it, man. Amazing. I'd love all right. Alaska. Thanks for having Thank you, everybody. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Good night. Thank you, guys. Hello. Thank you, Kim. Good to meet you, Amy. Who the fuck, Amy? Amy. <laughs> Amy, Kim. Sorry, this is, those three-letter words got the best of me. Yeah. I love it. I love he's it, drinking. Uh, he's he's taking some uh, fermented coca. That is one. <laughs> Bye, Red. Tonight, anything can happen. <laughs> All right, ciao. Ciao, guys. ciao guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Wow, I want to dance that song so badly now. Bye.